Well, wow, what a um, powerful presentation from our students. Can we give them another hand? And you know, um, I'm going to say like Elizabeth Taylor said to her eighth husband, I won't keep you very long. <laughs> it is already 10 o'clock, so I'll ask you to indulge me. What I want to do is share with you, um, we've been focusing so much on the family. And for many weeks, we've been talking about how to make peace without regrets and how to find time for our family. And, you know, I'm so thankful that our church is focusing on that because as the family, so goes the church. As the family, so goes the nation. It's critical that our families be, are made whole again. How many of you want your family made whole? I mean, if you're here today and you say, oh, my family's perfectly fine, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. It's fine, you're lying. Because we all have these, these, these struggles within our own family. And I tell you, the dramatic production that was done by Impact Drama Team, what a powerful message. What a powerful message. And I don't know about you, but I get goosebumps on my arms as I begin to think about the, the, the strongholds that were in my own life and to know that God was there waiting for me to activate him waiting for me to call him into the game. And I love how, how God just steps in and he helps you, pulls you up out of a, the psalmist says he picked me up out of a miry pit and he what? Set my feet on a solid rock. And I love this part, he established my goings. Man, I need God to establish my goings. I need God to order the steps of my life so that my families can follow my steps and my family, their steps to be ordered. I need that. What an amazing series. And you know, um, today, I just want to encourage you. I want to give you three quick items to focus on and to think about when you talk about reaching your youth in the home. Because I want you to understand that if this church only continues to focus on adults only, if this church got rid of its children's ministry, its youth department, it wouldn't be long before it's dead. Y'all agree? Youth are important. Now, do you understand, though, that your home and your family is really a microcosm of the church? Because if all you, mom and dad, parent, guardian, if all you focus on is me time and my life and what I need and all the things that I need, I want you to understand you're going to miss your generation in your home. So how do we reach our youth and I've heard another um, pastor that spoke in prior weeks to say, man, we go and buy all of these help books and we're looking for ways and new techniques and strategies. I want to bring you to what I call a biblical bottom line. These biblical bottom lines show up all throughout the Bible. For example, um, Solomon, one of the wisest men to ever live on the face of the earth. Solomon asked God for one thing only. Who knows what that was? Wisdom. He didn't say, God, give me money, give me wealth. No, wisdom. And God granted him wisdom. Wisdom to the point that, I mean, they said that, man, there was no one, no one that had more wealth and more knowledge than Solomon because of his wisdom. The queen of Sheba came and saw Solomon, and she was shocked at just how much and how wise he was as a king. 
But even Solomon, all through the book of Ecclesiastes, he writes about, I sought to know this, and I sought to know this, and I learned this, and I learned that. But at the end of the day, everything is vanity and vexation. He says, so here's the bottom line. And I love this bottom line, he says. In chapter 12, he says, fear God and keep his commandment. That's the whole duty of man. A bottom line. Some of you here may be bottom line negotiators. You're negotiating for a car or for something, and you just cut to the bottom line. Some of you dealing with your kids, you like to just, look, look, save me all of the, you know, she did, he should. What did you do? How many of y'all like that, yeah? How many of y'all know it really doesn't work with the kids, right? It might work at the dealership, not with the kids, right? So, but the thing is, the bottom line I love in Matthew chapter 22, uh, Matthew chapter 22, the Pharisees, they approach Jesus Christ looking to, to really, really um, trick Jesus into choosing one commandment over another. And so what happened is they said, good master, which of the commandments are the greatest of all? And Jesus says that thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And he says, and the second is just as important, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Jesus cut right to the bottom line. And if we turn to, well, if we could pull up the verse, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13 and verse 13. When it comes to reaching your youth in your home, if you want to reach your youth in your home, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, I think, is the recipe to doing just that. The Bible says, but now, so now faith Hope and what? Love. Say those three. Faith, hope, and love. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, I don't want you to, Paul is coming down, he spent the whole chapter 13 to say, hey, listen, I need you to understand the importance of love. But at the very end, in case you didn't understand everything that I've been dealing with and everything that I've been saying, I want to bring it to a bottom line here. Here are the three things that will always remain. Say it. Faith, Faith hope, and love. And we have a generation of young people today and youth today that, let me tell you what they need in your home. They don't need another scheme or a tactic or strategy of trying to use mind games on them. They don't need to be manipulated. They don't need to be controlled. What they need is faith within the home, hope for tomorrow, and love, unconditional love. Now, unconditional love cannot be confused with whatever you do is fine. How many of y'all know that that's not love? It's not love. And you know, as we look at this verse, I want to, first of all, break down these three words. Number one, number one, I like to break down faith. What is faith? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, I want you to read this out loud if you don't mind so you know what faith is. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I've heard someone say before that faith Faith is like the wind. You can't see it, but you see it working all around you. Now, whether you subscribe to that definition or not, I want you to understand that in the home and in your family life, that your students, your youth, your son, your daughter, they need to see the manifestation of faith in your home. 
Have you taken time to really tell them when you're facing a challenge and when you're struggling with something that, that you know, maybe it's a financial obligation or maybe it's a health issue and you, you're open and honest with your kids that this is a crisis, this is insurmountable, this is something that mom and dad can't fix. You're like that young girl that was in the play on her knees and there she was, she could not break free until she folded her hands. And do you show and demonstrate that faith within your home? And then do you come back to your family and your, your children and your youth and say, hey, listen, let me tell you what God has done. Our, um, one of our key verses for this series, Nehemiah chapter 4, it tells us to, one, remember the Lord and tell our children that God is awesome. And to what? Fight for our families. How many of you are willing to fight for your family? You see, that's what we need today is that if it requires me to change my game a little because I need to fight for my family, faith, faith must be there. I want to give you one other foundational verse, Psalms chapter 127, verse 1. Psalms chapter 127, verse 1, if we can put that one up. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless God is the builder of your family and the builder of your household, guess what? All of your investment, all of your hard work, everything is in vain. Most recently, the American Family Association did a study, and they did a research to kind of lay out why um, kind of some things that are happening among families. And it says that only 34% of families actually eat one meal together in a day. 34%. How many of you actually, and we're not talking about the meal where, you know, you're kind of on the, on the phone and the kids are going, yeah, ma, uh-huh, I heard you, I heard you, what you say? Not a text meal, but an actual time of sitting down as a family and eating and talking together. They also say that the average father and parent actually spends only eight to 10 minutes a day with their children. Obviously, they're not counting the drive time. But I mean, whether you agree that that is true in your life or not, I ask you the question, how much intentional time are you spending with your youth? I want to tell you, if you don't reach your youth at home, somebody else will. If you don't reach your youth, I'm talking about reaching their heart and having a connection and a love and a drive, something else will. Faith must be available. Next, what was the second word? Hope. Hope is, has been defined as an optimistic attitude of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes related to events and circumstances in one's life. So do your student, your youth, your son, your daughter, do they have an anticipation of something positive happening in their tomorrow? Do you find them always just believing that life is just, you know, it's the same old, same old? There's nothing to look forward to. There's nothing to hope in. There's nothing to be excited about. Um, 1 Peter 3.15 talks about a hope that 
I love so much. It says, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. How many of you parents, guardians, have that hope inside of you? Because see, that hope is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, to know that someday he's going to return for me, to know that my sins and my bondage has been forgiven, to know that as I hold on to my faith that guess what? I have a lot to hope for. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but let me tell you what I do know. I know who holds tomorrow. It doesn't mean that everything in a Christian life is hunky-dory and perfect because we are taught as we read the gospel that Christians and our early saints, they went through hardship. The Bible says endure hardness as a good soldier. The beauty of it is that I have Christ to go through it with me. Hope. The last one is love. Love. And before I move to love, I skipped one very important. Um, I heard a story of a young girl that was asked to write a timed essay on the following prompt. They told her, describe your future as you see it today. The story says she pulled out a piece of paper, signed her name at the top of it, and turned it in. The teacher had to give her an A. You see, this young lady saw nothing for her future. This young lady says her future was blank. I recall working when I was in the city of Richmond, I worked um, many years down in Gilpin Court, Fairfield Court, Hillside, Blackwell. You met young people who would literally tell you three generations of men in their life that have died before the age of 23. So what kind of hope did they have? The world is not offering hope to our youth. The world will not give them hope. Jesus will. He is the hope. To know that God controls, my creator controls my future. Well, the final one is love. And love cannot be confused with simple tolerance. But in 1 Corinthians, as we've already discussed, Paul lays out a full description of love. And for the sake of time, I won't go deep into it, but I'll tell you, grab your Bibles and read at home 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It would tell you everything you need to know about love. I want to know, are you willing to live up to the standard that you find there? Are you willing to be that type of love to your youth and to your son and to your daughter? For many of us, as we find ourselves as parents in situations with our youth where we're disappointed or upset or angry, we find ourselves saying things that, honey, you know I love you. Look at this house that you're living in. Honey, you know, I tell you, I can't believe that you would say those things to me. Look at all the stuff I provide for you. Look at the shoes I buy you. Look at the food that I put on your table. Don't you dare question how much I love you. How many of y'all know that that's, that's not resonating with them? Um, I have a picture of my son's door, something my wife has done that I tell you, I didn't think about it, so I can't really claim any credit, none whatsoever. But she, um, during um, Valentine's Day, 
my son and my daughter, they came home and what they found on their door was hearts. Where she wrote things and every one of those hearts say things like, I love the way you do this. Or I love this about you. Or I really like these things. How many of you know that many of our students are not hearing enough affirmation from you as parents? We have to affirm them in the great things they do, just like we have to deal with the things that are not so great that they do. I want to tell you that if we're going to reach today's youth, if we're going to make an impact, there are three things that must remain within your home. Say them with me. Faith, hope, and love. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're challenged with. How do you know young people can be challenging? You don't know that? <laughs> Let's try that again. How many of you know young people can be challenging? Yes, yes. Can I borrow one? Okay, yes. I close with this um, story I shared last night uh, about a young boy called Lil Johnny was giving his mom a fit wreaking havoc in her life. And man, mom had tried everything possible to get little Johnny just to stop telling lies. Johnny lie. He lied the drop of a hat. He lied when there is no hat. Johnny just lie. <laughs> and so she went into a pastor and she says, Pastor, I need Johnny. I need help. Johnny just won't stop lying. He lies all the time. And the pastor says, you know what? I got you. Send Johnny in my office. I got something that's going to fix him. So Johnny comes in and pastor says, Johnny, I want you to take a seat. He says, yes, sir. He says, Johnny, the other day I was standing in the church auditorium, standing behind the pulpit, and I was, I was, I was practicing my sermon. And about midway through, the back door swung open and in came a bear. No, actually it was a grizzly bear, Johnny. And that grizzly bear began to charge down the aisle, coming right towards me. And all I could do was pray and say, oh, God, please help me. And just as the grizzly bear got to the podium ready to slap me, the side door slung open, and in came a little chihuahua. And that chihuahua jumped up, bit the bear in the neck, dragged him to the ground, dragged him out the back door, threw him out the building. Johnny, do you believe that story? Johnny paused and he says, yes, sir. Because that was my dog and that was the fourth bear he ate that day. Stand to your feet, please. Parents, if we'll be honest, we don't win with our youth. My son, he does outsmart me almost every day of the week. But then there is God. There is the Holy Spirit of God. There is the power of God. And there are three things that I and my wife are committed to let remain within our home. Say it with me. Faith, Faith hope, and love. You want to reach your youth? That's what you need to put in there. Faith, hope. Give them hope and show them unconditional love. May God bless you. I will sing into the night
Christ is risen and on high. 